You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Monday, December 26, 2022. Christina Dennis and myself survived Christmas. Here we are, guys. We did it. <laughs> How'd you do, Damon Frank? Really well. Always a good, always good. I love Christmas. You know, I'm really into decorating. I did have a little bit of uh, post-Christmas uh, emotional hangover where I'm realizing, oh my gosh, we got to take all this stuff down. <laughs> and we just put it up. It seems, I, I, I always feel like I'm running behind with that kind of stuff. I don't know about you. No, no, no. You're never behind. You're always like three weeks ahead of me. So I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> how was I'm your, how was your Christmas? How, how did it, it go? Was, how did it go? Did you have a good one? It was lovely. Yes, it was very lovely. Excellent. Very um, subtle. You know, um, my son is 18. So there's not a lot of that. We do get to participate in uh, you know, part of our sober family. I've got some adopted nieces and I got to go over there Christmas Eve and watch them open up their presents. And I mean, it's just so much fun to watch children open up their presents. But oh, yeah, it, it was it, it's really better than getting anything yourself when you can see them running around excited about what you got for them. And so that was lovely. And yesterday was more of a quiet day. You know, it, it's it's kind of this time is always kind of bittersweet sometimes for me because mm -hmm. you've got you've got you know our big thing is Christmas Eve we celebrate Christmas mm -hmm. Eve and then Christmas is typically a little bit more low key and you know we're doing something different for Christmas Day this year which will be fun um, mm -hmm. you know we did something different and so now you know th this time between you know today really the twenty sixth through New yes. Year's is always yes. kind of on like the dead zone, you know, for like business and stuff and for everything. It's kind of like, there's a part of me that says, well, don't stop. You know, you got to just keep going. And there's another part that says, well, you really? should be not doing anything. Right. Like, so, and there's always that end of the year stuff. You got to, Oh, I didn't do that car insurance thing or that medical thing mm -hmm. or this or that. I always feel like it's really rushed starting the 26th. It, it, every it's rushed. Well, yeah, it feels like we're running to stand in line. And, you know, I, I love, uh, I love today's, you know, theme about taking time out for yourself, because I think that you're exactly right. There's a lot of that hangover, that emotional hangover, I think happens for a lot of people and they're just not exactly sure what to do with today. Um, but I have Absolutely. something that I do. Yeah. Yeah, you I want to talk huh? with you about it. I want to jump into that, but I want to talk a little bit about the whole uh, timeout thing. You know, I think this mm -hmm. is for people in recovery is kind of a two-edged sword. A lot of times people have spent their time drinking, using drugs, being wrapped around addiction just mm -hmm. to get to a place where they have everything, you know, things are somewhat together, right? And right. you have a life. So you taking time out for yourself or taking a moment for yourself just doesn't really seem like a priority, honestly. You know, it just doesn't really seem like a priority a lot of times, no. but it's, I, I find it super important. And I think the right, the right after Christmas area into new year's is a great time to do a little reflection and just to take a moment out for yourself. 
Exactly, exactly. And that's that's exactly what I I do with this day. Um, because usually I'm pretty exhausted and I think a lot of people are, but it's such a good time for me to spend, you know, a good, good amount of time, like a couple of hours really sitting in reflection. And so I have a couple journal prompts that I use every year that I think really help me. Um, I think this, this week is a great time to look into, you know, the last 12 months, look at them in a review. I know, you know, January or December 31st is going to be here and like you're running a great goals, you know, workshop. And there's just a lot of reasons to be looking towards 2023. And I sometimes feel like there, there isn't necessarily an ending of the year that we just finished. And so I like to sit down and really use the journal prop. What gifts did I receive this year? Ooh, that's nice. And spend the time writing down all of the gifts that I received. And um, it puts you in such a place of gratitude. And because we can be disillusioned after this holiday, right? It's crucial. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's exhausting. You know, if you're in recovery, there's a whole nother layer. And that just really helps me put put into perspective, like a whole year went by and look where we were last year and look what has happened the last 12 months and really celebrate it. And I just love, you know, even if I'm tired, I can start thinking about the gifts I received and, you know, I'll say one page, I'm going to write one page, but before I know it, it's usually three or four. And it I like really that. puts me in that space, right? I really like that. And I think that, you know, one of one of the things that it, it, this could be easily swept up in just the mm -hmm. busyness of life. Right. And I think the reflection part is good, not morbid reflection where you're like, oh, I mm -hmm. should have done this. I should have done that. I do something similar. You know, I do oh, something really? similar. Yeah. And I like your I like your approach a lot. And that's why I like doing these episodes with you, because we kind of talk about what works for us. Right. What right. works in our recovery. You know, I'm a big three by five card flashcard person I have for since I've been sober, really. Yes. And I've done different things, but I pull out the three by five cards and I write down basically everything that I'm involved in and everything I did for the year. And wow. I'll flip through them very quick. And I'll do like, um, I'll do like spiritual and emotional, like recovery stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll do business stuff. I'll do personal stuff. Right. I'll, and I'll have different cover colors on these three by five cards. I'll flip through them really quick and I will from a gut say, do I want to let go of this? Mm. And I'll have two Ooh, piles. Like and because part of, I think with recovery, with taking a moment for yourself is being able, you can't do it if your life's too full of stuff that doesn't matter. Right. And I think right. really like what you're talking about is trying to rack focus in on, okay, what matters and what doesn't matter. And how, I think so many times we're hard on ourselves, and I like your technique because it shows it's like, hey, you know what? Like, I I got a lot done this year. I did a lot of stuff. With a lot of abundance. That's what it it brings to me. I love that energy. I love that. I love that. So tell us, tell us, uh, Christina. Let's dial in here on something personal here. So. Mm -hmm. How, how did you learn this whole thing about taking a moment for yourself? Because let, let's 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 be honest, this doesn't all of a sudden come to you typically. <laughs> no. This is usually a lesson that you have to learn. Was it a huge car wreck? 
Did you do something? <laughs> you know, give us a dirt on this. What's going on? Sure, sure. Well, I, I mean, everybody knows I work, in, you know, and my love of recovery for codependency. And, you know, when I became a mother, I was already seven years recovered, seven years sober. Um, but I didn't get the message to take care of myself. I didn't understand it when people would say it's a selfish program. Like I didn't get that. I even kind of rustled against it. We're, I'm talking about traditional 12 steps. And um, and really when I had my child and we took that detour because he was going to have extra needs, I really ha saw and had a good 10 year run where I did nothing for myself. I mean, and this is in, you know, even in double digit sobriety, I felt compelled to live for him and do whatever I needed to do. And in some cases that was necessary, but I also started to realize that that was, I was putting way too much pressure on him. You know, my, my happiness was tied to whether he would be okay or whether, you know, this went well, it was still tied to results. And that, I had physical breakdown eventually and realized I have got to figure this out because the last thing that I need to uh, infer to my child is that I'm unhappy because, you know, he has struggles and I don't know, you know, how to say it any differently that, but he definitely taught me one, he taught me about unconditional love. And two, I realized that what he wanted most from his mother was a happy mom, mm -hmm. you know, a happy mom who could smile and do what he needed me to do, even though there were lots of physical challenges. And so, um, yeah, I, I was slower than some people. I mean, I probably had three car accidents before I realized, no, that's not even exaggeration, three car accidents before I realized if I don't take time out to sleep, if I don't figure out what I want, if I don't turn my lens toward the gifts, and put my energy toward that, the challenges would take over. And then it would be a matter of surviving life. And that's just not a, that's not good for anyone. Yeah. You know what it, um, yeah, it seems like you had to go there, right? Like to be able to figure I that did. out. I yeah. did. You know, because I think the compulsion, honestly, and I don't know if this is something that comes along with addiction is the, the, the compulsion is just to keep going. Like I remember yes. this too, you know, it's so funny so, so many things emotionally sometimes also look like physical addiction, you know, physical mm -hmm. addiction, you have this compulsion to keep going and it can't be the thing that you're using. That's really destroying your life. Right. It can't right. really be the alcohol. Right. It's the same thing with activity. You know, uh, one of the things that I got from 12 step groups, there is a, a passage in the big book that talks about packing too much into the stream of life that we have to kind of sit back and be more passive. Now, for me, I got to tell you honestly, uh, that's like sit back and the word passive and all that. Like, I don't like that. Just at the yeah, I was going to say, I did, you didn't thing. gel with that, huh? <laughs> no, I didn't. Gel, and I still don't like it, but it's true. You know, it's just like I, I've, I've shared a lot of times too, like powerlessness and manageability, all those things I friggin' like I would much rather deal with anything else. Like, could you have like, right you know, snakes or alligators chasing me. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Right. Like, but it's true. Like you learn in recovery, you get beat down enough. Like you said, you had car accidents and everything. Okay. I have to take time out and I have to sleep or I'm really 
not really going to be able to get anything done. And even if I get something done, what I've learned, Christina, is that I'm, it's like, I've won the rat race, but I'm still a rat. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and no one yes. wants to, you know, it, it makes no, it makes no sense. I'm unhappy. I'm unfulfilled. It doesn't really even matter what I'm doing. I'm not getting anything out of it. Well, and that comes from my core value system that I grew up with. We, we you know, we talk about dysfunction all the time and, and diving deep into childhood beliefs. My belief was that in order to have value, I needed to produce mm. period. And so that I produced for self-worth. And so that's a scam in itself because you have to keep producing. And then if you get physically sick, like I did, then you are smack, you know, down sitting with this actual understanding that I've got to figure out I have self-worth regardless of what my production is. And that was a really big lesson. This is, this is difficult for high-performing people. You know, I coach a lot mm -hmm. of people and do accountability stuff and early recovery for high-performance people. Like, that's my thing. That's my jam. So mm -hmm. this is tough, okay, because mm -hmm. I certainly didn't get sober to do nothing, okay? Right. And that's not what we're talking about. And I think this is misunderstood a lot. So being able to take a moment for yourself is being able to let go. In, in my terminology, right? And to be able to just mm -hmm. stay in the present moment without having to achieve something to get somewhere. That's, I right. think achievement and sobriety is great. Go out and achieve, achieve, achieve away, right? But the problem with it is, is when you have an addicted mind, you get addicted to the achievement. So like this totally. idea of like you say about like, okay, um, you know, I had, you know, you, all this stuff's going on with you and you can't really let go to be able right. to do that. I, I feel that's totally normal. Like, because that's the way that I think we're wired at the mm -hmm. end. That's why we're so successful. That's why you see entertainers and business people and all this other stuff that are in recovery, because we have the ability to wade through a ton of shit emotionally. Yes. Without cracking. Because <laughs> that's been Yes, yes, to maybe hide from it or move around it or somehow make it. And it's still this progress, progressive dopamine junkie behavior. And now I can recognize it because I have, you know, wild weeks. We get really busy here. We have, you know, successful, exciting things that are happening. And I can get completely in that dopamine loop, searching, searching, searching for it. It's a lot like materialism for for me, you know, where I, I learned and I think a lot of people learn it, you know, in their due time where you, you know, you look for the things in life, the jobs, the titles, the the accomplishments, because you believe that's going to give you security, peace and joy. And the truth is, is that that is very fleeting. You know, once mm -hmm. you have those things, that's very fleeting. You could just shortcut that and get to the peace, joy, and security by having a spiritual program. But it took a long totally. time to figure that out. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. A very wise person. I remember, um, I don't know, I was probably 15, 16 years in sobriety and I was having a total meltdown on something. And this mm -hmm. guy that I, I totally love, <clears throat> who has helped me out a, a lot, basically, you know, was talking about a lot of times in 12 steps, they talk about the restoration of sanity. Like, mm -hmm. especially if you look at like the history of alcoholism, a lot of this stuff was written about how they were hopeless. And then all of a sudden now they're not. 
and this transformation that happened. And he started to talk with me about sanity and he started to say, okay, is your schedule sane? Mm. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, look it up, look up what sanity is. Right. And I started to look and I go, you know what, this is a lot of this is unsustainable that I'm doing. And not only is it unsustainable, it's like, I don't even know why I'm doing half of it. It is out of compulsion. Right. And this whole thing, it's like, I have to always be producing for people. It's interesting. This, we really walk the line. You want to be of service. On one hand, you hear when you get sober, you're not going to stay sober unless you get of service. Go, go, right. go. And the other hand, you hear, well, take it easy. No, not it's not that big of a deal. And mm-hmm. then you hear, well, everything is a big deal if you don't say so, right? Like, so where did you, I, I'm, I'm curious, where did you first start to say like that balance of that? Because you can't be totally passive of everything in your life. I don't think that's no. Healthy. Well, and I don't think anybody who know me would say that I'm passive um, about most things. But really, uh, like I said, uh, that physical, uh, I got very sick. I was having seizures from the lack of sleep. And I really recognized that I could not, um, even if I thought my will was the right choice, I could not impose it on other people. There was just no way. And I really knew that I had to to detach with love and to start getting in the flow. And I'm telling you, I would have rolled my eyes at me if I had said that to myself 20 years ago, right? I would have punched somebody in the face if they had said, you need to detach and roll with love. But really learning how to do just the next indicated step, I understood that logically but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to turn off my traumatized brain that was already looking at four or five steps ahead. And, you know, there's payoffs in being kind of hypervigilant. And so I really had to, um, one, rest at a time that it felt like, no way am I going to be able to do that and uh, start asking for help. So I I would have to say around year 16, 17 is when I started to realize that there were limits and it is not, um, it is not quitting when you rest. It's just resting. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I I think you do learn is that this balance of, okay, and I get caught up a lot of it. A lot of it, you just go over the red line. It's like, okay, I don't, I've been Mm -hmm. here before. I don't like this feeling. Here are the tools, like the tool you just you, you just shared. Here are the tools that I'm going to do to be able to reel myself back in, so that I'm going to be so that I'm going to be okay, right? So I'm going to be able to do mm-hmm. it. I think one of the big epiphanies that I had, Christina, about five years ago is I made an announcement in a meeting that uh, I was hosting where I said mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to suspend thinking uh, because <laughs> what I found out is that. Alcoholics are very recovered. Alcoholics are very quick. We're very, we can say, you know, if you're, especially if you're raised in a home that has alcoholism or dysfunction, you're able to read the room, read people very quick, find out what they need and be able to find a way to be able to deliver it to them. Right. Or to stay away from them or whatever. Like we're very quick at being able to understand emotional intelligence, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird. You'd think it would be the opposite, but it's not. But one of the things I learned is that one of that is great. That's a great skill to have, a great soft skill to have. But what's not good about it is your mind is constantly going all the time, 24-7, 365, 
always right. thinking, right. thinking, thinking, thinking. And one of the biggest ways I was able to take a moment for myself was I actually scheduled times I'm able to think. I'm not talking about like executing something day to day. Of course you're thinking, but you know, thinking about your life, thinking about stuff like going on, like that exercise that you give, I'd schedule that. And then I'd give it an hour. And then after an hour, mm -hmm. that's it, man. Like I, <laughs> I let go of that where I started to really find freedom and joy was when I could stop obsessively thinking about myself, what I wanted to do, what I needed, what other people need, right? Like, when I could just stop that and just say, no more thinking, I'm only going to think. And I wrote down, I'd set a timer. Mm -hmm. I think twice, I started twice a week. It was so painful. Chris. I, I'm going to tell mm -hmm. you, it was like <laughs> on a chalkboard. It was like, I hated <laughs> it. And I'd find myself getting into the thinking again. And I, and I said, no, I'm just going to execute what's in front of me and live my life and enjoy my life right now. I'll think about this stuff at a scheduled time. I would say like that was a huge game changer for me. Wow. I love that. And, you know, all of the things that you hear about in recovery, you know, and, and things that we have on the Recovered Life Network, all of these skills help to set up and change our perspective. And when we know better, we do better. You know, for instance, Kevin's meditation class is a wonderful place to help yourself gain that skill. And we know what meditation does. We have the scientific journals. We have a lot of neuroscience that we talk about. And really we are changing how we think and we're addressing how we feel. I do a lot of nervous system work with my clients and I learn that from my son. I learn that from understanding what it's like. He has a nervous system that's engaged and intense. Many alcoholics have a nervous system that is engaged and intense. That's why we drink. I love that you share about the thinking because I think a lot of people who would be surprised to know how much uh, is churning in somebody who's in recovery and was, and that was why I drank was to stop, you know, thinking. So that's really, really, that's, <laughs> that's the key. Well, you right? know, I, I think it is the key and, you know, let's, let's be honest. Like I, I've talked with you about, we've talked about our struggles just personally about mm -hmm. trying new, like one of the things that was, I think a big mistake, some advice that I took in recovery, that was a huge mistake for me which was, and I think maybe it wasn't even advice. It was interpreted this way is that this whole mm -hmm. people that have addiction issues or in recovery, they are able to really keep up a pace and go right. Like they have this right. hunt mentality a lot of the times. And I, I, I kind of interpreted that I should feel bad about that, that I should live this balanced life that oh. I should do all this other stuff. And I've, I've, I've shared with you and I, I share a lot with my clients that I think that that's a fallacy. I think that that's mm -hmm. people that are built like me. They're just built like me. And I mm -hmm. try to hide that and ignore that and go into this weird systems thing of trying to become balanced at this and balanced at that. I've, you know, in 2022, I let go of that. I, I'd share, I totally let go of that. Instead, what I do is I just go along with it because I feel comfortable there, but mm -hmm. I have some bumpers and one of them mm. is not as being able to let go of things. If you're obsessive, like if you can keep this, that pace, right, but you can't let go of everything and you can't be honest with yourself to say, okay, man, I did five days. Like, you know, I'll do seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days of work. 
at recovery right? life. And then I want a day or two to do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right. But I'm comfortable mm-hmm. doing the test. Like that's, that, that's what's comfortable for me. So it's being able to let go when you know mm-hmm. that you definitely need to rest. Like, okay. I'm going to set it down because that was a skill I never had that I needed was not, it wasn't that I worked 10 days in a row. I was feeling, I was passionate about what I was doing. I liked it. I was getting, it was healthy. I was getting things from it. It was the inability to let go when I wanted to let go. That was the problem. That, that yeah. was, the, that was the problem. It wasn't the chase or the way that I'm designed or anything else, you know, and I know that's a controversial thing. I mean, people will comment, no, it's, you gotta be the balanced dude. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like balance. I, I think mm. it's bullshit. I, I just don't know anyone <laughs> who's ever achieved it, right? Like, I don't think anybody ever has really. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so either, honestly. And I think the measure of your spirituality is when things are intense and how you're able to react to them. And I love that you. Kind of shame for that. And, you know, I've learned a lot. Things change too. That's the, that's the other thing, you know, life changes, circumstances change. And for me, I had to learn that I like need a larger amount of sleep than most people, you know, and I sleep about 10 hours every night. And I used to feel terribly ashamed of that. And then I realized, well, how, who said eight is what you need to do. And there are some other reasons why I see it. And so I love that, you know, what works for you. And like, I know what works for me. And And you need sleep, right? Like I know other people like me that don't sleep at all. And that, that comes from, I, 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 I like to sleep. I like to eat. I like to like, I do things to take care of myself, but the real, but the reality is, is that if you can are going, 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 and you can't carve out any time for yourself just to be in the here and now, that's where mm-hmm. the problems are. I think if you're unable to let go, right? Like, so whether it's the technique I just shared or the technique you shared, I think like the 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 lesson here for me in recovery mm-hmm. is you need something to be able that that is for yourself in the here and now. If it's always about the future goal, if it's always about remedying something in the past or something you're going to do, that's not necessarily the here and now. No, it isn't. And, you know, in in a 12 step program, they talk about our will versus higher powers will. And I learned something that if you were really attached to all the outcomes, then you probably were still living in your will. And that is something that I kind of will spot check myself with when I have that urgency, when I feel that little bit of angst about overcoming something. I have to stop and say, oh, okay, wait a minute. You are way too entangled in this and you need to step back, go outside. You know, we're lucky. Damon and I both live in Southern California. So, you know, I do a grounding technique. Every person needs to find out what works for them, period. Absolutely. And, you do. You do. And it, and it takes time to figure it out. Yeah. This balance that people talk about is an individual thing. You're not going to template it. <laughs> you know, like I saw people, it's like, I do what Tony Robbins does, or I do what like, you know, all these people do. I'm like, well, you're not them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that took time to be able to build up to that pace and stuff. So and I true. think that's the big thing. It's like, everything is, you know, look, everything is unique when it comes to this kind of stuff. If you can stay sober, if you can work up, if you can work the plan, if you could, if you can work on yourself, right. You'll get to a place where you'll decide 
what doesn't work for you and what doesn't. And then it's just having the courage to be able to make those changes and let go of the stuff that doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. Christina, I, before we leave real quick, I wanted to plug a room uh, that's going on in Recovered Life. And it's the Shift Your Mindset room uh, with Haley. Yeah, with Haley Shirters. And I what can you can you talk about that real quick? Because I think people who like this episode are gonna like that room at five o'clock. Uh when is it? It's 5 p.m. Pacific Tuesday. Yes, definitely you want to hit that up. Haley has such a beautiful way of breaking down different belief systems and thoughts that we have, exactly what we just discussed about how you approach things. And she really brings in neuroscience and changing the mindset of, of ourselves. What is it that we think is really going on? What might be different? I mean, there's a lot of things that I learned over the last 27 years is, is about, you know, oh, actually, I, I never even considered there was another perspective. And so she really breaks it down and allows each person to come up with their own language and to realize the power of thought that they have, you know, to know that you can change your mindset, that it isn't just you and this is the way you've been and you'll always be. I, so many gems in that room. You want to make sure that you, you connect an RSVP for it. Absolutely. You can check out Haley, meet her, go to that room. It's Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific. Shift your mindset. Go meet Haley. Check it out. You're going to get a lot out of it. Christina, really great room, really great episode today. Thank you so much. Taking a moment for yourself. I hope everybody can take a moment for themselves. If not today, tomorrow. Schedule it. Definitely. Definitely. Right. Everybody be safe. All right, guys, go live your best recovered life. We'll see you next week. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.